welcome to Asking for a Friend, a Park Springs podcast. I'm Taylor, and each week I'll sit down with a godly mentor figure in my life and ask questions with the hope of receiving practical and biblical advice on the hard-to-navigate areas of daily life. Thank you for joining. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, The podcast is still being made, so I guess that's a good sign. Uh, Today, I get to sit down with Charlie. Uh, he's the senior pastor here at Park Springs. Hello, Charlie. Hey, nice to have you. Nice to be here. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you? 45. Uh, been a pastor for 16 years. Uh, married for 21, be 22 in April. And I got two girls, uh, one 16 and one is 13, almost 14. Wow, they're pretty awesome guys. So. Yeah, yeah, they're good kids. Yeah, and his wife's awesome too. Awesome family. Yes, we're grateful. Yes. Um, today, Charlie gets another one of the fun topics. I guess they're all fun topics. They're things people don't want to talk about. But. Well, I mean, you need to jump <laughs> into those things. I mean, that's the reason is just to wrestle with some of the, the hard things that we face that we're looking for, for wisdom on. Yeah. Uh, today, Charlie and I are going to chat about conflict and conflict resolution and just um, a godly way to approach that, um, and just some of the struggles of that. So it's going to be a good conversation. Let's dive in. I'm ready. I mean, it's something we're both perfect at, so we (laughs) just want to share that with you guys. Um, Yeah, so I did write some questions, so we'll just start off with, uh, why are people so afraid of conflict? Why is it something that we uh, just try and avoid so much? Well, I think I think it depends on the person. So I think in all of our lives, if we look back in our stories, we've all had conflict go really bad. Um, so there's times where with sincere hearts, we've approached difficult conversations with people and they've responded very poorly. Mm-hmm. And so we we're, we're sort of we have that as a backlog in our minds of all these reactions are going to be bad when I talk about hard subjects. Or on the flip side, we've had somebody that's addressed an issue in our lives and it's, um, you know, people respond different ways to that. They get defensive. Some people kind of just get really insecure. And so they sort of just clam up and pull away. Mm. So I I would say that all of us, if we look back on our stories, we've probably at least can say we've lost one relationship because conflict going bad. Yeah. So there's hurt there. Mm-hmm. And just the fear of that happening again with mm-hmm. a close friend. Yeah, and, and that's why it's hard because most of the conflict happens where? Primary relationships. Mm-hmm. People we really love. People yeah. we care about. And so it just, the thought of having that relationship sour is really uh, fearful and concerning for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I think this is something, I, I mean, I feel like people know the answer but we can just talk through it. Like, is conflict always a bad thing? Well, I would say a couple of things. So um, let me start off with a general idea. The general idea is that there is no um, relationship that God has brought into our life that doesn't have purpose. Mm -hmm. So um, we can process that in some ways where we think, okay, I can see good relationships and I can see the outcome of where some of these relationships have really been beneficial to me, and so I can see how God used them. But when we move to the really hard relationships, it's harder for us to understand that. So there is an author, his name's Paul David Tripp, and he does a lot of biblical counseling. And he said, um, 
If your eyes ever see or your ears ever hear the weakness, failure, or brokenness of another, it's never an accident. It's always grace. So what I would say is that every relationship that has come our way, even if it's just for a moment, has des- has been designed by God. Mm-hmm. So that means that uh, all of the relationships that we have, all of the areas of conflict, all of the challenges in any relationship, uh, God has a reason behind yeah. it. There's some work that he's doing in us. Um, so I think things are happening simultaneously that uh, conflict is hard, but God is always using it. And so when you say, is conflict always bad? I'm not sure that um, it's ever fully bad from God's eyes outside mm-hmm. of the, just because what it's doing is there's an aspect of, of God working to change us. Yeah. Uh, so there's some level of growth that God's doing in our lives. And, and that growth, it's hard growth, but I think it can still be good. Mm-hmm. And I think if two people can get through conflict in a healthy way, then it only makes the relationship better like it doesn't have to end the relationship mm-hmm. but getting through it can be a well, good that, thing that's 100 uh, i mean that's matthew 18 all mm-hmm. over again so jesus talks about if a brother sins against you that's how he sets up mm-hmm. the whole paradigm he says go to your brother and if you go to your brother and you tell him his fault then what happens and he repents or recognizes his fault you he says won your brother over mm-hmm. so uh, actually what ends up happening is the relationship grows in depth when conflict is handled well from a a biblical response and a biblical approach yeah yeah and it can be hard to bring up conflict that we might have with someone because we don't know how they're going to react is that the only reason so what makes it hard (laughs) to bring up conflict like when you think about why i don't want to bring up conflict is it that you're worried that they're going to react poorly or are there other things that could be a part of it i think I think something a lot of people fall into is also, is this worth bringing up? I think with my friends, um, that's something I go through. Like, is this worth bringing up or is this just an an area where I need to give them grace and move on? Mm -hmm. I think for me, and I think that's right. I think all of those things can happen. For me, one of the struggles that I face with conflict is, am I being too sensitive? Yeah. Is this my issue Mm -hmm. that I'm just making a bigger deal than it really is? And so what I end up doing is sometimes avoiding conflict by minimizing my own hurt and saying, Oof, I don't really, I, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. my issue. I, I tell myself that all the time. Yeah, and so then I cover it up because sometimes I even have a hard time coming up with words to describe my hurt. And so I almost paralyze myself in terms of saying, well, it must just be me. I'll just work through it. But, but in your mind, Taylor, as you think about what's the cost to doing that? Like, what's the casualty if you just say, well, this must just be my own issue and we'll just move on? Yeah, I think that something I've noticed in my life or my friends' lives, because I'm asking for a friend. You know? sure. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, not your issue yet. Yeah, so no, it's yeah. not me. I'm good at this. But <laughs> my right. friends, um, yeah, I think that when you minimize the hurt, which is something I do a lot, um, especially in those primary relationships, it's going to happen again. Something's mm-hmm. going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And if you leave the hurt unaddressed, all it does when it happens the next time, which it's going to, mm-hmm. um, it brings up that feeling from before. Right. And it's like, you've done this to me before right. and we didn't fix it then. And now you're doing it again. You just don't care. Like it just, it escalates every time mm-hmm. it happens again and again, mm-hmm. even if it's the smallest thing, like, mm-hmm. oh, this person, they didn't look at me. They, mm-hmm. they didn't, um, hold the door, for, just dumb stuff. Uh-huh. It, 
when you add that to past things unaddressed, mm -hmm. it just makes it the biggest deal in the world. And I think you're right. So there's always triggers, and sometimes those triggers become much more sensitive. And, and the Bible would use the term bitterness. And so it's kind of, <laughs> bitterness is sort of at the, the threshold, kind of knocking at the door. When, when conflict isn't handled biblically, uh, bitterness decides to kind of find a crack to open the door. And, and really what ends up happening is kind of bitterness moves in, sets up camp, makes a bed, has a room. And so it's just <laughs> one of those things that feeds yes. all of those things. And so what ends up happening is we're so frustrated and hurt by a situation that happened and bitterness has has taken up residence in our hearts, um, we can't see anything clearly. Mm. So everything that the person does to try and move towards us and loves us, what ends up happening is we start to see that through our own bitterness and then we limit their ability to be successful in loving us. Yeah. So it hurts all of the dynamics of even, we want a healthy relationship, but the things grow bigger if we don't handle conflict quickly and biblically it just gets bigger yeah and when we find ourselves questioning their intentions which i uh -huh. think is a really dangerous place to be sure because even if they're doing a good thing we're like why are you doing that right what are you doing mm -hmm. like what are you trying to do you like, know suspicion. you find yourself in that yeah. horrible place because it's like these people love me they care about me yeah but in the moment it doesn't feel like that yeah suspicion is a is a sweet companion to bitterness mm. right so bitterness kind of grows <laughs> guys write that down yeah and it just it does because you're you're bitter about your hurt and you're frustrated. You don't think that they see things clearly. And so then you question all of their motives. Mm. And that's the hard part is that we have a really hard time deciphering someone else's heart, especially when we can't even understand ours. Yes. Right. So there, the grace, I think you use that term, which I think is really wise, that grace is such a huge component of these things. We need grace to step into conflict. We're hoping for grace in response to conflict. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really, uh, stepping into conflict resolution is an act of faith mm -hmm. because there is a lot of unknown unknowns. We just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And so we have to first trust that the Lord is moving us to this. And it's really about uh, relationship preservation. We care enough about a person to deal with conflict biblically. If we don't want to deal with conflict biblically, what we're saying is, I'm not sure I really care enough about this person. Yeah. Which is a hard twist, right? It's a paradigm shift because we would say, well, I'm preserving the relationship because I'm not doing conflict. When that, in, in actuality, what we're doing is saying, this relationship might not matter enough to me to step into the hard. Yeah. And I think we have to step into the hard yeah. to value the other person. Mm -hmm. And I think that it would be helpful to spend a second talking about what culture says about conflict okay. because um, especially, you know, social media age, which we're both off social media, yeah. off Facebook. It's thank, been great. Thank God. Yes. Yeah, it's been good. But um, I feel like culture has something very different to say about conflict, mm -hmm. um, which we talked about this the other day, but just the whole idea of cancel culture. Mm -hmm. If someone wrongs you, if someone does something you don't like, well, you can just cut them off. You're not mm -hmm. obligated to, mm -hmm. um, you know, spend your time with that person. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, yeah, I just thought it would be helpful to break down like why that's completely wrong, you know? Yeah, well, and I think, I mean, I, I, so if if living in that culture where we're willing to discard a relationship so quickly creates an atmosphere where every relationship is fragile. So in a culture that's cancelable mm -hmm. or we can discard relationships so quickly, um, two things happen. One the relationship never really feels like it has substance or traction. So it always feels very fragile. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, the same thing can happen. We can be canceled. 
<laughs> and, and, and when we're canceled, what it feels like is, do, do you not care enough about me to see me for me? And so that's the hard part about this culture is everything has gotten so distorted and twisted. So we have this cancel culture, but then we have this other rhetoric that says you do you. Yes. But if I do me and you cancel me for me being me, it, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's just, impossible it, to win. You can't. It's just, it is. It's a lose-lose. And so that's why I think the biblical approach of empowering us as believers to step in and to say, I'm going to choose by the power of God's grace not to cancel you. One, because you have human dignity. You've been created and designed by God. And so you have value just because God created you. And secondarily, I'm going to trust that through the power and provision of God's grace, I'm going to love you even if your response is terrible. Yeah. Um, I remember one of my seminary professors, uh, he, he wrote an article talking about, um, he used the term sort of when a wounded dog bites, I think is what it was called. And so anytime somebody's really hurt um, or like a dog gets hurt, their first reaction is to not let you close. So they snap and they bite at you because they're worried that you're going to hurt them more. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens a lot in relationships. Um, uh, you know, the, the old term hurting people hurt people, mm. I think is true, but I think as we try and move close, sometimes what we can anticipate is there'll be an initial reaction of anger and frustration. But if we continue to move towards, we get past that initial reaction and we're actually able to love people in a space that they probably haven't been loved before. Yeah. So it's conflict resolution is really about the gospel and how deeply we believe in the work of Christ. So it's an in-the-trenches ministry. We run the risk of getting hurt doing it, but we step into it because we believe God cares and has called us into those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there any places in the Bible that you would encourage people to look for um, just what God says about moving into conflict? You said Matthew 18, which that's the ones I was thinking of. Too, yeah, so there's but... a couple others. So I was thinking about this as we were preparing for our time together. And one of the things that's interesting is that if you look through even just case studies in the Bible— there's not very many relationships as you look from Genesis all the way to Revelation where there's not conflict in the relationship. Mm. So you can almost pick anything, right? It starts off with Cain and Abel and all these things and then Jacob and Esau. I mean, there's just a, a regularity that there's there's consistent family conflict. There's sibling rivalry. There's conflict amongst leaders. There's husband and wife conflict. I mean, conflict is woven throughout all the pages of Scripture. One of the places that I would I would invite people to camp out on is uh, is James chapter four. So James chapter four says this. Uh, he asks a question. He says, "What causes quarrels among you?" So he's asking the very question that you're asking. Mm -hmm. Like, why do we fight? What's the issue? What's the underneath situation or reason why people fight with one another? Mm -hmm. And James gives a very simple answer. Um, is it not that there's passions at war within you? So conflict is a result of sin. Conflict resolution is a result of grace. Mm. So <laughs> those are those components where what we see inside of our hearts when we enter into conflict is that there's a, a war of passion inside of us. Yeah. Somebody hasn't treated us right because we felt like we deserve to be treated better. And sometimes that's legitimate. Sometimes it's totally selfish. Yes. And so but what we need is we need the instruments of God's grace, which is a lot of things, the word, but it's also other people. So if we could see people and even conflict as an instrument of God changing us, it starts to shift the paradigm. Like I need the work of God's grace in my life in some way. I need him to change me and I want to be changed. So he goes on and says, you desire and you do not have. 
so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly mm. to spend it on the passions. And then he says, you're just a bunch of adulterous people. So he gets he gets really, he starts, starts to ramp up um, these, these realities of just when we step into conflict with people or we feel tension in relationships, um, there's a part of attending to our relationship with God that comes first. And the question really that I think James would want us to ask is, What's going on inside? Like, why is this hurt here? Um, and as we move into that, sometimes it can be just passions and expectations and desires of what we want out of the relationship that we're not getting. I know you did a great podcast with Mandy about breakups. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, w- I would tie it to that too. Like a lot of breakups in the context of relationships come with unmet expectations. Yeah. There's some level of conflict, but they're like, well, you don't love me the way that I want to be loved mm. and you're not the person that I need you to be and so it just becomes the the focus of the relationship becomes about what I need or what someone else needs and not about what the gospel's calling us to. Yeah. And in the process of those things that's that's what those passions that that I think James is talking about. Yeah. The other one would be Ephesians 4. Um we talked about this a little bit but uh Paul says to the church let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and slander be put away, and all malice, and replace it with being kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven you. Mm. As, as it feels, if you just look at it on, on the surface, impossible. Yeah. I mean, knowing how much we've been forgiven should translate in us being willing to step into any mess and forgive whatever offense. Yeah. Um, if only it were that simple, right? Like, oh, yeah. you know, God forgave me. Yeah. I can forgive you. I'm Easy. Let's yeah. be best friends. You know? And that's <laughs> the other part of the culture that we say it all the time, right? It's all good. Oh. <laughs> but it's not all good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Good. I yeah. made you feel this way. It's fine. Yeah. Fine is the Christian. <laughs> fine is the Christian F word. Oh. And I, I mean that. I've literally. never heard that before. It, it, because that's what we say all the time. We think. If I'm spiritually mature, then this shouldn't impact me. Oh, yeah. And I don't think that's true. It's easy to get in that mindset uh-huh. like, oh, Jesus yeah. forgave me. I should forgive that's you. Right. It's fine. That's it. We're good. And that's why <laughs> I think and that's why I think he Paul tells the Ephesians church to um that he's telling them to to put away. Like you actively have to lay down bitterness, wrath, anger, slander. And so when conflict occurs, what ends up happening is um, how often have you been in this experience where you're like, man, this person hurt me. And then you start to talk negatively about that. You know, there's labels. <sighs> that, and yes. that's the slander that he's saying is that when though, when we're driven to tear down someone else that's a brother or sister in Christ, uh, that is mismanaged sin and unresolved conflict. Mm-hmm. There's something that has to be put down and something that has to be put on. Mm-hmm. kindness compassion forgiving one another um it's it's moving into relationships that are hard by receiving a grace that we have from christ and giving it to others mm-hmm. and isn't that just like a terrible place to be when you're just frustrated at someone mm-hmm. so much and you're just like wow like why am i saying negative things about this person mm-hmm. that i love so much why mm-hmm. do i hate them you know in the moment so much yeah and it's, it's a hard place to be in when you step back and you're like, wow, I'm being really terrible right now. Mm-hmm. Do you ever find yourself there yeah. as a pastor? You know, <laughs> do pastors have that? Yeah, shockingly, we, we do with some frequency. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a book on community 
and he was a pastor during World War II, and he dealt with some just really difficult stuff. But one of the most convicting things that he said in his book was that um, a pastor should never criticize his flock. He should always be grateful for the opportunity that God has given him to shepherd in some mm-hmm. way. I mean, I, I, I butchered the quote. Um, and I've found myself at times just being like, I'm, here's what I do. I'm pouring my life out. Why don't these people get it? Mm. And, and in the process of those things, what it does is it, it places me as the one that's doing the work, which is totally wrong. Yeah. Right? It's always God's work. He's the one that's moving in those ways. And so, you know, when we get into ministry or we get into life, we come with the knowledge that we're going to meet hardships and difficult relationships. It's just going to be a part of our journey. And so God is always changing us in those regards. And when we step into the people that are hurting or even, well, I mean, you would want it too, right? Let's say you had a really bad day mm-hmm. and um, you just went off, right? Staff or whatever, like you just, you couldn't contain it and you were just angry. Mm. Two, two things happen. When we've sinned, shame takes over and we're so embarrassed that we just don't want to be a part of those relationships anymore. So we want to run. Mm -hmm. But if someone loved you enough, like part of us as the church or, and they just, they, they came to you, they knocked on your door. They, they said, look, we love you. We, something's going on. Mm -hmm. And I know that that wasn't the tailor that I know. So can we just talk about why you're hurt and what's going on? That would mean everything to you just to be pursued. And so Jesus pursues us so that we can pursue others. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'd love to spend the last few minutes. Maybe you can just share some practical steps or advice for just, uh, the you know, people are hearing this and they're like, okay, I have an unresolved conflict. Mm-hmm. How can I move towards um, maybe not a complete resolution, but just mm-hmm. work towards fixing that? And- Sure. And so I think this is where it gets a little bit complicated. I think probably it's because um, maybe I'm tainted by my own experience. But first of all, the first step I would say is, is just to pray, like humbling our hearts to say, Lord, what do you want me to do in these situations? Um, If I was talking to um, an abused spouse, I would have a lot different advice Mm -hmm. than if I'm talking about conflict amongst friends. Yes. Right. Because the we don't want to move into something and look for conflict resolution when there's issues of safety yes. where somebody can get harmed. But let's say if we're using an example of there's growing distance in a, in a friendship that people have and they're sensing it and they're feeling it and they know something's off. I think prayer is the first thing. And then I think in all humility, um, one of the first steps is to say, Hey, I want to, Uh, Can we have lunch? Can we have coffee? I just want to talk to you about something because I care enough about this relationship that I I just want to make sure that everything's clear and that the air is clear. And so being proactive with that, um, Matthew 18 doesn't stop there. So if if the people can't agree about the the said conflict, Mm -hmm. the invitation is to to bring other people in and people that you trust that are somewhat objective. So like myself, Pastor Jared, Mandy, anybody that you know that has some level of biblical knowledge, but also just really has a care and concern for you. Sometimes it's and the ha- other person and the other not person. like an imp- like a partial thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not just wanting to somebody to just have. Here's my mom, <laughs> and right. my that's, mom's gonna listen to why you've been mean to that's me. That's right. She's chosen me as her favorite, <laughs> yeah. and so so there is that impartiality. But I would say that in my experience in ministry, when someone's willing to take the courage to value the relationship enough and express their hurt. 
it usually doesn't go any further. Like there's mm. usually resolution. Corinthians tells us that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So there's just that place of saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. This is going to be a hard conversation. Like it's not going to feel when you step in like this is going to be a great day. It's just, I can't wait. I've yeah, been ready for this. Yeah, I'm right. ready. That's <laughs> You're right. probably never going to be ready. Um, but so, so, so prayer being willing to step in, but I think the most critical part of conflict resolution amongst friends um, is allowing yourself enough time to pause to actually hear how the other person responds. Mm. What ends up happening in when conflict resolution goes really bad is somebody says, hey, you hurt me, and they start to respond to it, and the other person gets incredibly defensive. Yes. And like, you're not hearing me. You don't know. It, 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 it can erupt. So it's those first few moments that tend to be the most volatile. And so there has to be a level of, God, give me grace to pause, to hear because I might not have seen it accurately. So mm -hmm. there's a willingness to lay in humility our own hearts down and say, I might be hurt, but I might, it, it might be self-inflicted. Mm -hmm. Like I might have really misunderstood this thing. Mm -hmm. And so I need to be able to hear how they respond to the hurt that I express. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really cliche, but I think when I think about conflict resolution, I using I feel statements. So mm -hmm. instead of telling the other mm -hmm. person like, you really suck and mm -hmm. you are mean, mm -hmm. you can just say you made me feel this way instead of yeah, yeah. projecting anger on the mm -hmm. other person. Because that yeah. probably won't end well. Yeah, well, and when you start to accuse, um, you know, none of us like to be accused of things. And so part of it is just, I want to step in and I want you to know how I'm feeling right now because I care about mm -hmm. this relationship. So the the reinforcing is that the, the only reason that I'm here is because you matter to me and I want it to mm -hmm. be right. Something's wrong. I want it to be right. And I do it because I care about you. So I think you're right. There's categorically communicating about how you're feeling and then reflecting back to one another Um kind of what you sense the Lord's doing in your life. Can you say the, the feelings quote? Yeah, yeah, the feelings quote. Um, the one about, uh, you know, about emotions. The emotions quote, you know which one? The uh, emotions are real, but you don't have to. Oh, oh, yeah. I like yeah, that, that one. That one I think about a lot. That, that's right. <laughs> yes, yes, in, in counseling. So there's another counselor in the church, and we walk through this a lot. And it's not, it's not. Um, I didn't pen this quote at all. It was from another biblical counselor. And he said that emotions are real, but they're not always reliable. And mm. so there's just that sense. And often, you know, Jeremiah even tells us that our heart is deceitful and wicked above all mm -hmm. things. Like our emotions can be so strong and so big, but they can deceive us against the truth. Mm -hmm. And so that's why truth and reality and facts matter. And so it's not to say that you don't feel what you feel, mm -hmm. but that sometimes what we feel isn't really the most reliable mm -hmm. way to understand what's really happened. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think about that a lot for yeah. conflict. It's like, you know, would my friend really want to make me feel this way? Yeah. Probably not. That's right. 90% of the time. 10% oh. you just meet rude people. But Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, this was awesome. And yeah. I think that this will really help people. I ah, that's great. This is this is a good one, guys. Well, I counted a privilege to be invited in. Thanks for taking the time to yes. let me be a part of your, uh, your journey and the joy of the podcast of asking for a friend. Yes, this was all for y'all. So I don't need this. <laughs> this isn't for me. <laughs> all right, bye. Thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. If you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please email us at askingforafriend@psbible.com. If you're interested in learning more about our church, visit psbible.com. Bye.